This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The One Tough Mother podcast. The One Tough Mother show is real talk with special guests, including industry leaders, celebrities, and amazing women who've overcome adversities to work their way to the top and are willing to share their real life lessons. Remember, you don't have to be a mother to be one tough mother. It's all about you. And welcome to the One Tough Mother Show. It's summer. It's official. It's Memorial Day. Yay. Um, it's not official. It's like this kickoff, but summer's really uh, June 20th. Dude, what, I, I, it's summer. I don't care. Don't even, don't, don't, don't down my, my fun here. It's summer. Hey, I was out and about today. Out and about where? Were you swimming? Were you doing cool summer stuff? I took the kids down to Liberty State Park. Oh. And, of course, there's always problems. Oh, you come on, Seth. Do you ever take those kids to a place that you don't have an issue? Well, this little girl picked up a bunch of wood chips and threw them in Talia's face. Whoa. So I'm like, hey! And then a guy, I think, who was with her looked at me. Kind of gave me a look, and he walked over, I guess, to his people. So now I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to have a big problem. Big problem. And yeah. I'm going to have to match crazy. And I might get stabbed here at Liberty State Park. And? Um, no, I didn't get stabbed, and nothing happened. But Natalia was crying. It was, I, I was so like, Did he come over and say, I'm sorry? Did he come over and say anything? No. No. <sighs> so that was that. She was okay. Not a big deal. And then uh, we we went far down, so I said, you know what? Just wait here. I'll go get the car and bring the car around because it's far. Yeah. You're riding bikes and scooters and stuff. Uh, and I, put, I pulled the car up. I put the hazards on. You know, it was no big deal. Some people are like, it may be a minor pain in the butt, but you can get around me. It was not a big deal. Uh-huh. This guy on a bicycle Decides to yell some foul language in front of me and my family about us being there with the hazards on. Wait a minute. So you were just loading the kids and stuff up in the car, right? Yeah. Stroller, bikes, three kids, wife. And this guy rolls by. He's like, hey, you a-hole on his bike. Now nice. I should just, Huh? Nice. Well, I should have kept my cool, but I didn't because I just sometimes I snap. And uh, I was already annoyed at what happened earlier. So I said... I was like, yeah, keep riding, buddy. Why don't you come on back? Oh, God, Seth. Keep going. Oh, my God. And uh, he kept going. And then I got in the car, and I was, I was riding by him, and I beeped the horn at him. I gave him the finger. And he gave me the finger, and then the traffic came, so he rode by me, and he made some kind of face. I was like, oh, my God. I'd love to just ride this guy right off the road into, like, just a ditch. Oh, my God, Seth. Where do you think Talia gets all this uh, aggression from? You just don't want your, you don't want your family. You don't want to be disrespected in front of your family. It's like a guy thing. You know, you, you say what you want to me. You're going you're gonna to curse like that in front of my family. I'm going to, I need to smack you in the face. 
All right. I'm saying metaphorically speaking. It's just I, I realize I gotta calm down, and I, I'm not saying I'm doing the right thing. I, I I'm a, I'm an imperfect human. You are. Why <laughs> you, you speak up? I can't hear you. I don't know what to tell you, dude. It's it's crazy. Yeah. Well, that's that was my day. All right. Well, I'm sorry that happened, and I'm sorry that it was that crazy. Don't take the family out anymore. Just sit on your front porch. Well, actually, before the Liberty State Park, we were in downtown Jersey City, and they I don't know if you're familiar with Grove Street area, but they actually closed down a couple of the streets. There's beautiful like restaurants there, and the streets are closed and painted green. You can just walk around. It's really nice. Wow. Is that new? Relatively. I lived there a couple of years ago, like six or seven years ago. I wasn't there. So. Wow, that's pretty cool because I was never a big Jersey City fan, but that sounds like something I'd like to see. It's like, you know, I, I told Melissa, you know, cause I said, this is like, it's not exactly like it, but it's kind of the same concept like Santa Monica and in certain places like that, where there's that road that's closed and you can just walk the road and, and the street and it's really wide and there's lots of room. I love that. It's like, it's like um, summer markets outside and there's tables outside and everybody's just chilling. I love that. Yeah, it's very nice. Well, I, you know what? Talking about chilling, I'm telling you what, dude, I am so excited that we got to have this guy on our show. I can't even tell you. And when I tell you who it is, you're going to be like, what? Guess what? We got John Lee Dumas on this week. What? I knew you'd say that. And everybody knows. I mean, John Lee Dumas is, is a successful and talented entrepreneur and the founder and the host of the award-winning podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire. EO Fire, as it's called, is a daily business podcast in which John interviews the top inspiring and most successful entrepreneurs to date, if I can say it. Easy Being for you a, to say. Huh? Easy for you to say. Yeah, right. Being a leader, John has that in his blood. I mean, you got to remember, this guy was, a, a, he's a former U.S. Army officer. And now John is firing people up all over the world and guiding them to a journey to create the life they've always dreamed of. Oh my God, it was great pleasure and excitement that I welcome to the One Tough Mother Show, our new friend, John Lee Dumas. Karen, thank you so much for having me. I mean, your energy is already making me ready to ignite. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you for being a guest on the One Tap Mother Show, dude. I'm so excited. Like You're the second guy. We had Coach Mike Bayer from the Dr. Phil Show last week, so this is exciting for me. No, it's an honor for me because, I mean, you put on a great show. You have great guests, and the, and the just reality that you're going to let me come on and share a little content here is phenomenal. All right. Well, I hope you're ready because we're going to get down and dirty here, dude. Ready? Let's do it. Okay. So let's be honest, John. Uh, Entrepreneur on Fire and the Fire Nation, you, you, where'd it come from? You came from a very structured life. Eight years in the military, Army, of course, and you know I was a former Army wife. Hoorah! Thir thir yeah, 13 years, um, your 13-month tour in Iraq. And I have to say, real quickly, thank you for taking the time out of your life and away from your family to serve mine and protect mine. Thank you so much. Well, I appreciate the appreciation, Karen. Honestly, back at you because... It is the military families that are the backbone of our country, without a doubt. Oh, so bam, dude. So big. Bam on that one. So leaving the service, you went into corporate life. Ugh, corporate life. John Hancock. 
tech startups, real estate. Holy cow, dude, this was a huge jump for you, but still structured, still structured, John. And then you went to Jimmy, what's going on? <laughs> Jimmy, I'll always love Jimmy. He was my inspiration. He was my avatar. He was the person that I created the show Entrepreneurs on Fire for because I knew there were millions of Jimmys and Janes that were out there that simply needed inspiration, that needed to hear the stories of successful entrepreneurs, the failures, the successes, the lessons learned, the aha moments. I created Entrepreneurs on Fire for Jimmy. For Jimmy. And you know what? I'm thinking to myself, you were in a no, you were in a, a no guts, no glory type situation. Let's face it. Um, corporate life is for some people. I do not knock it at all. I came from owning an advertising and marketing company in the big world. And I was an in-house agency for 20 years for a company and um, did what you did, stepped away and said, dude, there's so much more here. There's so much more, but it's all guts, no glory, right? All guts, no glory or all glory for sure. And like you said, I want to just second that is corporate America. I mean, it is absolutely for some people. I mean, it's a great place to go to meet, meet people, to find inspiration, to learn the inner workings, to learn what it means to actually run a business that generates revenue and value and all these things. And some people that can and should be your final stop because it's for you. But for other people, you can't breathe in a corporate environment. You feel like constricted. You feel claustrophobic. And, and that was just me. And it wasn't immediate. I had, a, I had a, a good run in corporate, but by the end, I was just really feeling like I've got to get out. I've got to run my own ship. Even if it means running that ship onto the rocks and sinking, I would rather sink on my own than kind of doggy paddle along in the current situation that I was in. So that's when I made the leap and uh, I never looked back. Yeah, it's, I so get that with you because when the ship is going down, the captain stays on the bow. That's how Heck yeah. Except that one time when the cruise ship went down and then the captain was the first person off. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think that person should never be able to hold a leadership position for the rest of his life. I am disgusted by that human being. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. But honestly, we come up against a lot of crap. Let's face it, John. We come up against a lot of people going, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> Holy cow, you're at the top of your game. You're leaving? I mean, we come up against a lot of crap. And they, they don't understand the, the abstract of we want to help people. We want to, we want to further our lives. We want to enrich our lives. We want to breathe clean air. They don't understand it, right? Sometimes people just don't understand that it's important for you to really march to the beat of your own drum. And that was what it came down to for me was I had marched to the beat of other people's drums for a long time and I was happy to do it because they were very formative years. I mean, when you're an officer in the U.S. Army, yes, you are commanding men and women in a time of war. I was in charge of four tanks and 16 men and I was in commands, but I was also taking orders. You know, I had the majors and the colonels and the brigadier generals above me who were passing those orders down. I was marching to the beat of the drum and that drum was the U.S. Army. And that was a great uh, drum beat to march to. And then I did the exact same thing at John Hancock and I learned a lot from that. But there just came a time that doesn't come for everybody, but it came for me when I was ready to march to the beat of my own drum. And that was, hey, I'm going to call the shots for better or for worse. I'm going to get out there create when I want to create, 
fail when I fail, succeed when I succeed, take all the rewards, but also take all the risk. This is my destiny. Scary as hell, right? It's scary, but it's called being a human being. I mean, it's scary being in a corporate environment and then seeing, you know, Amazon come in and eat the lunch of your business and everybody gets fired. That's scary too. So there's a lot of things that are scary in life. I know that what entrepreneurship has done for me has made me a Swiss army jackknife in a way where now, no matter what happens, like if podcasting and just whatever goes away tomorrow, everything could just go away. I have the skills to start over, to build something new. And, and that's just a super confident feeling. It must be kind of like what an Eagle Scout feels like if they all of a sudden get dropped in the middle of the wilderness. So like, you know what? It's a little scary, but I know how to make a fire. I know how to hunt. I know how to create shelter. I know how to do these things. That's what being an entrepreneur for the past seven years has done for me. I agree 1000% because, okay, let's be honest. Not everybody has the mindset. I, I totally applaud people who retire after 30, 40 years in, in a job. I applaud people who work in the grocery. I applaud people who work at home improvement stores or anybody that's doing a service for others. And, and they're happy every day they get up and go to work and they, they put on their vest. They put on their, their apron and they're, they're thrilled to serve other people. I applaud you. Not for me though. Not for me. And let's be honest, really, they're not listening to this podcast right now, you know, unless they're honestly plotting their escape. They're not listening to this podcast because people that are listening to this podcast and podcasts like mine and other content like that, they're people who have, are currently plotting their escape or have already escaped and are looking for ways to grow their business, get inspiration, motivation, tips, tools, and tactics from people who have made it. And that was me back in 2010, 2011, 2012. And it was that search the looking for that content, that inspiration, that path, that direction, those tactics that led me to podcast as a, just a consumer, as a listener of that medium, and then saying, hey, wait a second, there's actually an opportunity within this medium that I'm loving right now. And that's a daily podcast interviewing successful entrepreneurs. So sometimes that search will lead you in unexpected directions. We, and we, I always say, like, look around you. There's always opportunity if you're open to opportunity, correct? Absolutely. And by the way, you walk outside, keep your eyes open, like Karen said, keep your ears open. You're going to see opportunity. But my opinion, you need to say no to 99% of that opportunity because it's not for you, because your passions aren't there, because your excitement's not there, because your skill set isn't there. But there's going to be that 1%, that one out of 100 thing that you're like, oh my God, I'm seeing an opportunity right now. I'm hearing an opportunity right now. And man, I would love to fill that void. I would love to step into that niche and absolutely dominate. Yeah, I agree. And you know what happens is when you see that, when you feel it, you know it, right? You just know it. You honestly just know it. And it comes to you. But you know what, John, let's be honest with everybody. It doesn't come to you tomorrow. It doesn't happen within weeks. Sometimes it takes a long, strict time to really hold yourself together, discipline yourself, keep it going. And also it evolves. I mean, when you launch something can evolve. It may turn into something completely different in three months, three years, 30 years down the line. And that's okay. It doesn't have to be what it is in 10 years from now. That's where I think a lot of people, I don't want to say screw up, but at least slow themselves down because they're terrified of launching something because they think, well, when I launch this thing, it has to stay this thing forever. And what if I don't want it to? But that's not the case. 
it needs to evolve because this world's evolving. You should be evolving too. So just launch it now. The time is right now. Learn, evolve, tweak, adjust, pivot, make things happen. What I do and what I'm running with my business you know, is not exactly what I was doing five, six, seven years ago when I launched Entrepreneurs on Fire in 2012. It's evolved over the years. It's similar in a lot of ways, but it's different in a lot of ways. It's evolved and that's a good thing. That's so totally true. I mean, I say this all the time and I just said this last show, every level of your life deserves a different you. You have to be able to make your mover and shaker. You have to adjust. You have to be juking your way through life, right? Good words. Juking and jiving, baby. That's how it rolls. So I'm, I'm on your website and I'm poking around because I'm as nosy as hell about the guests I'm going to have. <laughs> and I spend a lot of time you know, looking into people and I'm looking and I see, what the heck? Monthly income reports? Holy cow, dude. Rock on. Why? Why post it for everybody? Because when I was 30 years old and just starting my initial search for what could I do in the online world? What could I do in the entrepreneurship fields? I stumbled across a guy named Pat Flynn and he has a, a website and podcast called Smart Passive Income. And this dude seemed like a really cool guy. He had a family. He, he was nice. I listened to his podcast. He sounded cool. And he was publishing income reports. And I was like, oh man, like here's a nice guy adding value to the world, not being sleazy or slime bally. And he's just really a good dude and he's making significant money and he's proving it and showing me the way through his income reports. And it was at that moment I said, I love his authenticity. I love his transparency. If I ever get to a point where I'm generating revenue online, I want to be that beacon of light and hope and inspiration and direction for other entrepreneurs and specifically for other podcasters because that was the way that I was going to go. So when we hit our first six-figure month back in October of 2013, I looked at Kate and I said, hey, it's time to publish income reports. It's time to show people what's working for us, how we're making money so that they can mimic our success, they can emulate what's working for us, but also it's time to publish what's not working for us and show people our mistakes and our failures on a month-to-month -month basis so they can avoid those rabbit holes and those potholes that may, excuse me, otherwise slow them down. And that's when we started publishing our monthly income reports. We've done it now for 70 months in a row, and it's been a really great way to help other entrepreneurs see what works in the generating revenue game. Oh my God, I'm so excited about it. When I saw it, six years into this podcast, still financing the whole thing myself. And I'm like, what the hell? Why aren't they coming? I thought if you build it, they will come. And <laughs> I'm so excited about looking into that. Well, in respect to the, or with respect to the time, I, I have to ask you, the One Tough Mother show, and like I said, we've interviewed the granddaughter of presidents to a single mom. And I have to always ask people, one Tough Mother Show is all about you, what you have going on, who you are, and what you want to bring to the world. What would be your real life lesson to date? My real life lesson to date is this. This is a lesson that I actually learned seven years ago, almost to the day. It's a quote by Albert Einstein. Try not to become a person of success, but rather a person of value. And for me, that was such an aha moment because for 32 years, 
I was trying to become a person of success. I was trying to strive for success and it wasn't working and I wasn't having success. And this quote made me realize that I need to flip this on its head. And what am I doing to add value to this world? Am I a person of value? And the answer was no. And when I decided to be that person and launch a free daily podcast and add value to the world, real value to the world, everything changed. And that allowed me to build what is now a multi-million dollar a year business called Entrepreneurs on Fire. The podcast, our physical products that we have with our journals, our free courses, and everything in between is all from becoming a person of value first and foremost. It's, that's amazing. And it's so true. I mean, you're trusted, you're loved, and you put out real valuable content. And that is very amazing. If you're looking to be successful, or, or the other one is happiness. If you're looking for success, if you're looking for happiness, you have to look within yourself. It's all there. You just have to know the tools to get it, right? It's all there. Oh my gosh. Well, John, thank you. I'm so excited that you were on our show. It was an honor again to be the second male on your show. So thank you for allowing me to come and grace your airwaves and uh, have a wonderful day, Karen. You as well. I can't say anything more than it's going to be beautiful today here. And I'm sure it's gorgeous in Puerto Rico. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Take care. The One Tough Mother Podcast. Real talk with amazing women who have worked their way to the top and want to share their real life lessons with you. And we're back. And we have headlines and headaches. Yeah, we've got some good stuff this week for a change, Karen. Oh, wow, for a change. Yeah, well, a lot of headaches lately, you know. Okay, billionaire to pay off student loans. Morehouse College class of 2019 got a nice surprise during graduation. Their commencement speaker announced that he would be paying off the entire student debt of the 400-member class. Robert F. Smith, CEO of Vista Equity Partners, is donating a grant estimated to be worth about $40 million. Um, students uh, lending nationally reached the highest levels ever this year. More than 44 trillion borrowers collectively owe 1.5 trillion. I'm sorry, 44 million borrowers owe collectively $1.5 trillion in debt, according to Forbes. The average borrower from the class of 2017 owes $28,650. Can you believe sitting there? You're sitting there. You're so stoked that you're graduating. You're so stoked that you're moving on to another part of your life. And the guy goes, and by the way, I'm paying off your student debt. Yeah, but you know me, I like to think of the negative. I know you do, dude. How mad would you be if you were the graduate class of the year before or the year after? Oh, I, oh, Seth, are you kidding? I never thought of that. Oh, my God. Isn't that terrible? You are so, so, you're just too bitter, man. You are oh, bitter. Imagine like someone who, like, needed, like, five more credits to graduate so they had to take another class the next semester. I, I'm telling you, Seth. I, I, <laughs> oh, oh. Or are you quit, you quit, you're, you got one, you've got one semester left, and you're just like, I'm not doing this. Oh. Just like, you know, that's kind of... Well, this, uh, you know what? This guy is totally chill and cool. All I can say is thank you for whatever you've done for these people or whatever you've done for those graduates. I, I mean, I think you're amazing. I think your family's amazing. And I think you should do it every year. Okay. Nike updates pregnancy policy. It's about time. Yeah. Nike changing contracts for female athletes, protecting their pay during pregnancy. 
the Wall Street Journal reports. The company faced backlash earlier this week for allegedly penalizing female athletes when they get pregnant. <clears throat> Excuse me. That is ridiculous. Are you serious? What year is it? 1912? Holy mackerel. That's, Runner- that just goes in, it goes in line with, with all the crap that's happening in this country right now. Ay, ay, ay. Runner Alicia Montano told New York Times that she had to fight with her sponsor to keep her paycheck, while other track stars revealed they were not guaranteed financial support once they became moms. The U.S. is currently the only, the only country among 41 industrialized nations that does not offer mandatory paid maternity leave. Wow. 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 Most companies do. Uh, you know, I don't know. Nike, you know, maybe times are tough. They can't afford it. You know, they don't have enough money. Yeah, right. Who's eating yeah. their lunch? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Non-competes face backlash. Thank you. Non-competes Finally! National backlash against employers who force their workers into non-compete agreements could help raise wages, says the Wall Street Journal. Although employees often leave jobs to improve both salary and working conditions, roughly one in seven workers on 40,000 less or year or less a year sign non-competes. States are now passing laws that make agreements unenforceable in certain professions, while some state attorney general uh, attorneys general have also sued companies successfully to curtail the practice. I always thought like, you know, I think I had one too. They're not the, they're not enforceable. You can't do that. You know? you know, I always thought about that too. Of course, um, I had to sign a few in my lifetime and they, I can't imagine how you could possibly enforce saying somebody can't work for another company. No, it's, it's, it's just like, and what are you supposed to do? And you want the job. You're just really like, like, no, I'm not going to sign that. Like, well, right. you a job. Yeah, right. Exactly. But they can get rid of you. No problem. Yeah. Because we're, uh, aren't we, what is that called? A no fault at will employee. That's it. At will. Yes. All right, let's move on before I get really upset. Yeah. Like, you know, I've been getting upset all day. It's lucky I don't turn green. Okay. <laughs> the world's most expensive drug, the Food and Drug Administration, on Friday approved what is being called the most expensive drug in the world. Novartis's Zolgen, Zolgensma is a one-time injection used to treat children with spinal mus- muscular atrophy at a cost of $2.13 million, reports CNBC. If left untreated, the condition leads to loss of muscle function. Severe cases can result in death. Current treatments for the disease require regular infusions costing $750,000 the first year and $375,000 per year the year per year thereafter. So I'm assuming that this one-time injection would eventually end up being cheaper than the cost would be treatments ongoing. You know what? I don't give a good gosh damn how much it costs if a child is sick and needs that injection. They should have that injection. And I think this it's just sickening and pathetic. Well, and well, children will also need health insurance. I would imagine that this condition would have to be a, a c- covered by your health insurance. I would hope so. But there's going to be a huge, hefty copay on that. Uh, sure. But, you know, do what you got to do. Good, good thing. Uh. GoFundMe. That's why you gotta have you gotta have good numbers on your social media, your Facebooks and Instagram and stuff, so you can hit some GoFundMe if you need it, God forbid, and raise some money. Yeah, money makes the world go around, Karen. It Wake certainly up. does, sir. Wake up! All right, the wealthy are flocking to Florida. Yeah, no state tax. This is not exactly. A uh, Florida's benefit most from people moving from one state to another. Bloomberg reports that most recent IRS and U.S. Census Bureau data show the state posted a net. 
$17.2 billion gain from inbound moves versus outbound. The expanded income base represents about 3% of the state's adjusted gross income in 2016. New York lost the most, a net $8.4 billion, a trend likely to accelerate under the 2017 tax law, capping deductions for state and local levies in such high-income states. About 10% of the U.S. population moves annually, but most moves are within the same county. Wow. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Knowing who will forget. Scientists are getting closer to discovering why we forget information and how to predict who is at risk of memory disorders. Roughly a dozen companies are pursuing blood-based tests for neurological diseases like Alzheimer's and others, Bloomberg reports. But there is a catch. Without a cure for these diseases, these tests may increase anxiety without much upside. Uh, it sounds like those drug commercials, right? Like The side effects are death, but you'll have clear skin. Yeah, <laughs> right. So that's a little weird. I don't know. You know, guys, once you figure it out a little more, then get back to us. How about yeah, that? get back to us on that. And don't yeah. call us. We'll call you. Yeah, good. Great. Super. You know, maybe I'll just eat more blueberries. Leave me alone. All right. The World Health Organization last week released its first set of guidelines for reducing the risk of dementia. Oh, and related news, I guess. The recommendations include eating a healthy diet, exercising, avoiding alcohol and tobacco. Who would have thunk it? Wow. Oh what a breakthrough. Unbelievable. <clears throat> The World Health Organization. Every day, let's give it up. Yeah, okay. How long did it take you to figure that out? Unbelievable. Wow, those guys. Those guys. <laughs> those guys are great. Wow. Well, you know, um, one of the employees at Showtime, uh, who's also the announcer for Showtime Boxing, uh, suffered from bipolar very badly, so much so they made a documentary about his life. He's been hospitalized eight times, really bad, and did a screen. He was in the office last week or the week before and did a screening and um, – was uh, taking questions and just talking about it. He's trying to be an advocate and uh, he is being an advocate. He's not trying, he's actually doing it. And he mentioned that too, you know, even like, you know, he said marijuana helps. He said the diet helps exercising and, you know, having that routine and he suffers really badly, but that's really, you know, that's the answer to a lot of problems <laughs> and people don't realize, you know, and you could probably throw in some yoga meditation in that too. Um, you know, for the, for the mind and the, and the stress of, of your brain. Yeah. I'm a huge, I'm a huge advocate of uh, low sugar and, and regulating it. I mean, the more processed food you eat, the crappier you feel. Well, you're embalming yourself. You won't need much fluid when you die. Exactly. Good point. Exactly. All right. Well, the Navy's going to view 350 billion social media posts. All right. I know. I couldn't believe that. I'm, I'll start. I'll help them out. I'll do like five a night. Yeah. A night, you know. <laughs> the U.S. Navy is planning to study 350 billion social media posts from at least 200 million users in more than 100 countries in 60 different languages. The project will track how popular movements evolve, allowing the government to better understand collective expression, according to a proposal by the Naval Postgraduate School in Monterey, California. Public posts made between July 2014 and December 2016 on a single unidentified platform will be viewed to see how narratives are shared in online communities form. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Or maybe trying to find out some other stuff. Yeah, it's exactly what they're doing. Well, I can tell you this, a lot of a lot of crimes, a lot of like shootings and things like that, these guys are putting clues out on social media beforehand. And there's got to be a better way for us to, you know, have some kind of alert system to people posting and doing certain things. You know, the, the clues are there. You know, a lot of this behavior... 
it's just going to be a matter of managing it and finding it. You know what I mean? Yep. It's tough, but also you got to, you know, not to get on a whole different subject, but you also have to, there's people who are not surprised when this stuff happens. People that know these people in real life. Right. You got to kind of let somebody know. I agree. A hundred percent. Hey, Karen, that's it for headlines and headaches today. Hey, well, guess what? I want to, we, we both, Seth and I both want to wish everybody a happy Memorial day, Memorial day, 2019. And, um, we want to say thank you to the, um, present people who serve our country and the past who have served our country. Um, maybe we think of our freedom, not as the right to do as we please, but the opportunity to do what is right because um, freedom is not free. And for those people who gave the ultimate sacrifice, we say thank you very much. Um, I'm a big advocate of the military, so thank you. So today's mother says is, and this is for you, Seth. I chose this for you from the bottom of my heart. You're one of my besties, and I have to teach you this. This is a life lesson for you and you alone. Well, you and other people like you. Mm -hmm. Well, you and a lot of the people in the world. When things change inside you, things change around you. Okay? Thanks. You're welcome. Anyway, everybody, listen to the One Tap Another show next week. We'll have another exciting guest. I'm super stoked about this interview. Thank you, John Lee Dumas, for being our guest. You're welcome back anytime. And, Seth, take a chill pill. What? Yep. Have a great week, dude. What'd you say? Bye.